I'm glad to be here this morning. Most of all, I'm glad to be sanctified. I appreciate the sister that went before me. Uh, I've been in church with her. She's given me great inspiration, whether she realizes it or not. But not just her. I can look around this room and see many, many people that has given me inspiration. And I feel like it's mine to try to give a little back. Uh, and I pray that that's what I've done. I've had something on my mind for quite some time. And I can't seem to get it off. Not that I want to. But sometimes we want to move on to something else in the Word of God. <clears throat> Y'all forgive me if I pull from some of the preachers that's been through this camp meeting. They have stirred my heart. <clears throat> I'm trying to settle down. <clears throat> I'm, I'm just as nervous as I can be.
very beginning, as it's been read and said, God separated darkness from light. He set a standard. The scripture says God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. He set that standard before he created anything else. That standard was set and God could not lie. He could not go back on that. Whenever he created man, he fashioned man. He, he formed him from the dust. Then he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. That was the son of God. Brother Jeff preached about King David, about his son Absalom. Whenever Adam transgressed in the garden, don't you feel like that God was, oh, my son Adam, oh, my son Adam. But God had set a standard. The plumb line was set. God could not go back on that. But he was, oh, my son Adam, oh, my son Adam, remember. Uh, David was a man after God's own heart. This is what he was talking about. David made many mistakes. That's not what God was about. But these things, this, this sincereness that David had in his heart, the love that he had for others, whenever his enemy Saul was, was put in his hands, he said, who can put their hand against the Lord's anointing? God took care of all that. And so from that time, a book of remembrance from, from the fall of Adam, a book of remembrance began to be written, not for God's sakes, not that he needed to remember it, but he wanted to begin to manifest himself to human beings, his sons, his creation, because God so loved the world. This is what he did. And I feel like God was just groaning. He was just in pain. He wanted to have that companion. He wanted to have that love. He wanted to have that experience. But yet there was a separation that God himself had set the standard. And so the very next generation, Abel, was obedient to God. And his, his offering was accepted unto God. And so whenever his brother slew him, God testified that he was righteous, his blood speaking. God said his blood crieth from the ground. This was symbolizing their son something after this life. There's more yet to come that man don't know nothing about. And so then you begin to come on down through the line, Brother Thomas. That ship. What about Noah? Didn't God set up a, an example with that about the old ship of Zion and God's creation coming and getting into the old ship of Zion? And then you just keep right on coming down to Abraham. He chose Abraham. And Abraham believed God. Isn't that an example of faith? And you begin, you just keep right on going. And all these things, this book of remembrance was written that we could take it down and learn of it and learn of of the mercy and the grace and the compassion and the love of God. And so then he tells Abraham, he gives a promise to Abraham. And this is what has been on my mind. He said in thee, all families of the earth would be blessed. He chose him and told him, he told him many things. He was 75 years old. And he promised him a son. 
And it took 25 years for him to obtain that son. And he, his son, and his son's sons traveled there in Canaan and did not inherit the promised land. He told Abraham that his seed was going to be go into Egypt and be there in bondage for 400 years. Four generations, the scripture says, before they was going to come back and go into the promised land. Was not those things examples? Brother Jerry's been telling us how that God knows from the beginning the ending. That's an example right there. God from the very beginning knew the ending. He knew the plan of salvation from the beginning. And so, I'm not sure how much I'll read this morning. I've got a lot of ground to cover. And so, as you read through the Word of God, this book of remembrance, you can see God manifest. He chose different parts of people's lives through the prophets, through the kings, the parts that was like God, and He wrote them down for us to be able to begin to understand about God. And so lastly, he sent Jesus, the incarnated Word of God. I'm going to skip way ahead. He sent Jesus. And if you take that, Jesus, there was many things throughout the, throughout the Word of God that was manifesting and pointing to Jesus at what He would be like, and He fulfilled all of it. And I'm going to jump over here in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, and it talks about a lot of these that I just talked about, Moses how he forsook the reproaches of the says that he choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of season sin for a season is that not Jesus is that not exactly what Jesus did and I, I, I want to condense this I'm not an hour preacher uh, then he says he speaks of even the harlot Rahab how she had compassion on those spies and she moved to the saving of her house then it says and what and what shall i more say for time would fail me to tell of gideon and barak and of samson and of jephthah of david also and samuel and of the prophets all of those There's no way that I can sit here and take the time and tell you of all those things. But if you will take time and begin to read about that, it can be manifest to you the grace and mercy of our God. Then he says, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. 
Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sown asunder. They were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report, received not the promise. We're talking about the promise that God had given to Abraham that through his seed all families of the earth would be blessed. And so God patiently, this is the mercy and patience of God. We're talking about a couple of thousand years. He patiently endured. He wanted his son. He wanted his daughters. He wanted that com- that companionship. He wanted to be able to love them. I see how parents, when they've got a little baby, how they just take that baby up and love them. And grandparents, and God is no different. He wanted to take his son and his daughters and just pick them up and love them and teach them and nurse them. And so he patiently endured all this time. And so he sent Jesus into the world to finish all this. I say, bless the Lord. I am nervous. I'm trying to settle down. So Jesus came into the world. And he lived a holy life. When he was persecuted... He didn't try to fight back. Uh, you all know how the scripture goes. I can't seem to get it quoted out right. Uh, when he re- was reviled, he reviled not again. But he was committed to the end. He gave his life. And after his resurrection, his disciples, those that he had chosen, began to go back into the things that they were doing. And there was two... This is in the 24th chapter of St. Luke. And behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three, three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. I think Brother Ty talked about that. He had a glorified body. They didn't, here was the same Jesus they had walked with. They didn't even know who he was. And so he says, but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, have you had God ask you what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not thou hast not not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? 
See, he desired a companionship. He wants to communicate with you. And they begin to talk with him, and they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted. Why did they trust that? Because it was written that he was going to do this. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, this is even something even different than that. Beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished which were early in the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that he, he, they had seen a vision of angels which said he was alive. This was totally new. Nobody had ever done this before. And, a cert, and certain of them, which went with us to the sepulcher, found it even so as the women had said, but he they saw not. Doesn't Jesus have an answer? Then he said unto them, Now listen at these words. O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets... Do you want to hear this sermon? Take the word of God down and begin to commune with God. He will give you this sermon. He can't give it to you in in just a few minutes like he did these men. Oh, but he's got this for you. Commune with him. Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. I say, bless the Lord. Then you go over here to the book of John. Again, this is after his resurrection. And the disciples are beginning to go back. He doesn't want us to go back into an ordinary life, does he? And after this 21st chapter of St. John... After these things, Jesus shewed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon, Simon Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel, I think that's how you, of Canaan in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, which is James and John, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. Simon Peter was just kind of an outspoken kind of guy, wasn't he? They said unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. This is Jesus' disciples. But when the morning was, was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but his disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Again, it was hid from them. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have you any meat? They answered him, No. 
And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he gird his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself in the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net of fishes. As soon as, as soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coal, and fish laid thereon with bread. And Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty-three. And for all there were so many, yet was the not, not the, the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and die. He knew exactly what their, where their heart was. He knew that they needed to, to have food and raiment. And he had already told them, having food and raiment, therewith be content. And so he goes on. And none of the disciples thus asked him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and giveth them and fish likewise. This now is the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, remember uh, Peter had denied Christ three times. I was reading this and I got a connection here. So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? You see what he's doing? He's getting him to confess that he knew the Lord. Three times. Three times. Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? What an answer he had. He saith unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He knew Peter's personality. He knew his outspokenness. And he he had told, somebody had mentioned this, he had told Peter, Satan hath desired to to have thee, to sift thee as wheat, but I've prayed for thee. And he said, After thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And so here he is, he's assuring Peter, building an assurance within Peter that he loved the Lord. He had went out and wept bitterly with tears after he had denied Christ. He repented. He had repented. And now he's gathered them there. Bless the Lord. Gathered them there. 
God had patiently endured this whole time, desiring for this fullness of time to come to pass. And here he is in the first chapter of the book of Acts, gathering them for the last time that he's going to be departing from them. And it says, it was read last night, until the day which he was taken up after that through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he had showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. We're talking about the promise from God. The promise that he had given to Abraham. This is the the whole creation was groaning in travail to be born. It is fixing to be born. The scripture says, can a nation be born in an instant? I say when that 120 was there, a nation, the kingdom of God, the people of God, the righteousness was born in an instant. The very thing that God had patiently, did he not patiently endure? Can we patiently endure? I say through the kingdom, through the spirit of God, we can patiently endure. Wait for the promise of the father, which, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water that had come to pass. This was a time under the ordinances. And the, 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 the breaking of the bread was a time under the ordinances. But he says that he took those ordinances out of the way, nailing them to his cross. He has done away with that. He, came, he said he didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets. He came to fulfill the law and the prophets. This is the new covenant that I will make with the house of Israel, saith the Lord. Uh, not as the covenant when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. That was just a shadow, an example, an allegory of the righteousness that should be revealed in us with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. And so here he is gathering them up there. Whew, but he shall but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they were therefore come together, the very question that people are asking still today, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times of the season. Many things you're not going to understand. Don't fret yourself over those things. God is in control. It's been preached here so pretty how that just God is in control of all things. What need do we have to worry? Our worry is in vain. When we, when we get all caught up in things I do, I got to realize my worry is in vain. When you think about the span of time that God patiently endured. He desired to have that love and that compassion and that companionship and that sweet fellowship with His Son, His creation. And now it's 
come to pass, bless the Lord, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were gathered there in one accord and one mind, and suddenly, bless the Lord, there came a sound from heaven. This wasn't an earthly thing, this was heaven coming down from God as a bride adorned for her husband. Bless the Lord, God patiently endured all this time and now is set up. Bless the Lord, he can have a sweet communion with you. Woo! He can restore the paradise of God. Ooh, hallelujah. You know, there's so many things that point into this. When they were brought out of Egypt, ooh, it was 50 days when they received that testament. This is, and then what happened on the 50th day? The Holy on the day of Pentecost was fully come. I say, thank the Lord. When you begin to open this word of God and read down through the test of time how God patiently endured and the book of remembrance was written to tell you about the love of God. Oh, I'm just so in awe of my God. It is so wonderful to just feel that sweet spirit within my life. The very God that said, let there be light. And there was light. And the glorious light of the gospel has shined into our hearts to give us the knowledge of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Oh, I say thank the Lord for what he's done. Oh, he was ascended up on high. He led captivity captive. And he gave gifts unto men. Aren't you glad to be sanctified? Oh, it's so sweet to feel the Spirit of God. Amen. 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 Oh, pray for me when you open.